Hi guys, my name is Olivia and welcome or welcome back to the safe space of Heavenly Feminine. Today I have our very first guest, Olivia Grace, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story. We will be talking about her survival story from toxic shock syndrome, as well as how to greater value and look after your own health. If this may be a trigger to you, please tread lightly into this episode with caution. I'll have her social media followings in the show notes, so please show her some love. Otherwise, let's get into hearing Olivia Grace's story. Yay! Awesome. Thank you so much for reaching out. That's okay. And thank you so much for agreeing to come on today. I'm super excited. Okay, so first of all, I did want to start off by just asking, as a little bit of an icebreaker, what are you up to nowadays? How's your life treating you? Are you up to some new music? Is it just the toxic shock syndrome kind of research and and letting people know about it? Or what's going on in your life at the moment? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, So this whole past year since I've had Toxic Shock, uh, I started working on an album because I just really needed that music as an outlet. So that's something that has taken up a lot of 2021 and I'm still currently working on it. Uh, So I've been very music focused. Uh, I started sharing my story in the fall of this past year and I just had no idea that the impact would be so wide. So Mm. I really started focusing on that as well. That's amazing. That is so exciting that you're working on an album. That's and it is a beautiful outlet. Like I have, you know, been doing my research on you and seeing how much like music has always been your outlet, at least from what I've seen. Um, And I've seen that you've said, you know, like writing and that music has been your way to deal with like well, I imagine I'm also a creative person. I love to write too. It's a good way to just articulate things that are going on in your head. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like any time where I've been going through something very intense, such as after the toxic shock experience, I just need it to go and write. And um, even when I was recovering, I was making that album. So I was still kind of in and out of the hospital with just... I don't think I really started feeling normal, quote unquote normal again, until July of 2021. Wow. And so I was definitely still struggling a lot with the after effects of it uh but it just was a very healing way for me to connect back to myself 100 percent. that's really beautiful that you do have that and like you said that your story was able to make such a big impact on people and worldwide like it's it's been amazing so you said you didn't really feel quote-unquote normal until july 2021 so it was in 2020 that you first um experienced toxic shock syndrome yeah it was at the end of uh, july 2020 and so basically throughout you know after i got out of the hospital i was still dealing with a lot of you know the aftermath of it a lot of intense fatigue that was just um it was hard to get things done in the day-to-day 100%. and you know dealing with a lot of nausea yeah i was still um you know, I was in the hospital twice in April last year and just uh, trying to trying to move forward. But I think kind of towards the end of 2021, you know, more so the summer, fall, I started to feel more like myself. And I definitely am still struggling with certain issues, but I do feel the most me that I have in a long time. So it's a process. Yeah, definitely a big process. 
That's insane. I did hear even like, um, because again, I mentioned to you briefly that I grew up thinking toxic shock syndrome wasn't a big deal. Like I I don't even have a big memory of it. There's just a glimpse in my brain about it relating to tampons and that was it. And then when I discovered you, I found out how intense it actually is and if I'm correct I think I even saw that you had to relearn how to walk and all of that it's it's just insane that females and males like you said it's not um it's not contained to just gender don't know about this yeah I think you know it was the same experience for me growing up I just learned when I started using tampons that there was a risk you know don't leave it in too long yeah. and, you know they have the warning label on boxes but toxic toxic shock is so much more than that and you know I was always very careful and cautious of uh, using tampons and then ironically I get it from a staph infection in an armpit lump which I would have never suspected that because I had no idea that toxic shock wasn't just a tampon illness it's you know it's something that's caused by bacteria and you know I don't think the education system really talks about that a hundred percent and then on top of that again I saw that you said you struggled with finding that community afterwards to be like you know find that comfort and and um heal together with toxic shock syndrome survivors but because it is a bit rare and it's not talked about that much that you said, I believe that you struggled with it a bit. Absolutely. After I got out of the hospital, I did start looking to find community and, you know, I found sepsis support groups. Um, toxic shock is a more severe form of septic shock uh-huh. um, and there's a lot of similarities. So I did find some support in that, but it's, you know, it's not quite the same thing. And I you know, through making these videos, I didn't realize how many people I would connect with who either lost somebody to toxic shock or had it themselves. Mm. And that's been very eye-opening that even though it's rare, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, have been affected by it. That's beautiful. So through your videos, you were able to find people and find that community. That's really beautiful that you you were able, like, again, look at you go, like, you were able to kind of create a little community and have those (laughs) people come together and be like, yeah, we're not alone and we have these sufferings, but yeah, we're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important for me, at least, uh, for healing and feeling connected. And even today, I actually had somebody reach out on Instagram just talking about also being a medical trauma survivor and, Mm. you know, letting me know that they were here and if there were any resources I wanted for PTSD and just offering that support. And I was just like, wow, this is so sweet and like it just it made my day that somebody would reach out and offer that um and I think that's one of the great parts of building this community is just the connection a hundred percent that that's so nice that people were able to like that person reached out and because yeah I feel like again I don't know if it's just my personal experience but with um like you said, kind of the PTSD that can follow the healing process after traumatic medical experiences. Like some people don't realize you, they just think, you know, you kind of physically mm, heal and then everything's okay. But there's so much more. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I'm still dealing with. You know, I see a psychologist once a week. Um, I was seeing one twice a week and I definitely struggle with PTSD and it affects my life every day, but you know, I don't let it control my life. And 
Um, again, I, I think I'm at a point where I feel the most me. It's just a lot of work to get to this place and then to stay in this place. Mm, that's amazing that you're actively working on it for yourself. You deserve that. Well, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what can you tell me a bit about when? this actually occurred like maybe the symptoms you felt beforehand and yeah so I'll give you some backstory so I had a lump in my armpit that I had for several years and I saw a dermatologist about it uh back when I first got it and she actually told me that she didn't see anything there and I was like it's definitely there and she said there was nothing and so it got a little bigger I went back and you know they told me it was fine it got even bigger and then I went to an urgent care saw a general surgeon ultimately it was all you know that there was no treatment that was needed so I just lived with this lump for years and it would kind of fluctuate in size and I was told that the pain was nerve pain um so I don't know when I yeah, I don't know when I actually caught a staph infection, but the, you know, the few weeks before I got toxic shock, I was having severe pain, but, you know, I had been told that that was nerve pain, so I didn't think of it any differently, and besides the fluctuating in size, there wasn't that much of a difference. I think I knew when that something was seriously wrong the day before I went unconscious, I I was just having really bad uh, vomiting, nausea, started having diarrhea, fatigue. It was like everything hit me at once. And mm. I just, I didn't even feel, I didn't feel like a person. It just came out of nowhere so quickly. And I, you know, I didn't go to the hospital that evening because I have a dog. And I was like, I didn't think that I had no idea what it could have been. And I was like, I want to, you know, I'm going to go to the hospital in the morning. If I'm still feeling this way, I'll drop him off at daycare. Yeah, I'll drop him off at daycare. And I woke up so early in the morning. I was like, I need to go ASAP. Like, I texted the daycare to see if I could drop him off before opening. I just knew that, like, I knew something was wrong, really wrong at this point. And I thought he might be there for a day. Um, And it ended up being a couple months before I saw him again. Uh, But, yeah. But, yeah, I waited... uh, because you know because I wanted to make sure he was taken care of and just because I had no idea what it could have been uh so definitely I'd say the biggest thing with toxic shock is it really does just hit you out of nowhere it's unlike anything I've felt before Mm. it's a bit yeah it's a bit scary when you think about it like there are those really critical syndromes that just hit you out of nowhere like you don't have time to prepare and you can't really tell people yeah, this is all the warning signs to look out for. It's like when you feel it, you'll just know you need to get on top of it as soon as possible. Yeah, I think it's about trusting your body. And some of the um, symptoms that you might experience will depend on how you have toxic shock. Like for me, for example, I had radiating pain down my arm. I had to drive to the hospital with like my other arm and I had radiating pain to my chest and um, had some other symptoms as well. But those, I would say, were, were more uh, specific to the lump and the mm. and the staph infection that I had so I think the symptoms that people have you know there's there's a general full body symptoms and then there might be pain at the specific wound site if you have a wound and and so forth so I think it can vary a little bit but you know it also is full body symptoms wow and when you did keep going back to get your lump checked out I saw again that you touched a bit on it in your videos. Did you kind of have that gut intuition being like something's not right? And is that why you kept going back? Or was it just because it was growing bigger? 
I was nervous about it. I think I can be a nervous person yeah. sometimes. Um, so I was nervous because it was new, and I was actually more worried about breast cancer. And when mm. I went to the urgent care, because it had gotten bigger, they told me, you know, I had to go get an ultrasound, and then they told me it could be a risk for breast cancer. And that's when I saw the general surgeon. Um, he gave me an antibiotic and told me, you know, to see if it goes away and that it was fine. And it did get smaller in size, but it never fully went away. And then I was just, you know, I was told that it wasn't, it wasn't cancer. It wasn't something I had to worry about. So I didn't push for it to be removed or anything like that because right. it wasn't, you know, I didn't really know what it was and it wasn't seemingly something that was uh, life-threatening. And I, yeah, the staph infection, I have no idea how long I actually had that before I had toxic shock. Yeah. Wow. Well, at least, thank goodness we can say at least that was also ruled out. Um but that that's insane because and I did see when you um you were talking about as young people going to doctors sometimes standing your ground when you do know something is wrong isn't the easiest thing and um you've had a video out where you were talking about some advice um on how to really communicate with your doctors and you had those three main steps do you remember or do you know what I'm talking about with that video I do yeah yeah I have two two videos um I have a a few different steps on it um and I do I think it's really important because especially as women um it's really easy to be dismissed for how you're feeling and even after I had toxic shock I thought that I was like, you know, in my head, look at my records. Like, I have this extensive history. Like, I must, I I will probably be taken more seriously after going through all this. Um, But I still had a fight to be heard, even, you know, even with everything. I remember there were a couple of times I went to urgent cares and they they were just like, you know, they didn't know what to do with me. They were like, just go to the hospital because we don't really know, like, how to deal with this case. And um other times too I mean I have so much I could say on this but it's still something that is a practice it's um it's something that you you know always have to do and be mindful of a hundred percent because I've also recently been exercising my power in the sense of you know letting myself be heard like you just mentioned having to fight to let yourself be heard and I only ended up having tonsillitis but it um, about a month ago now, um, I just came down with some severe tonsillitis and it got to the point where like, I couldn't drink, I couldn't swallow, I couldn't eat food. And that led to dehydration and just extreme fatigue and all of that. And so I went to a doctor and they just sent me to the hospital, um, to get a drip, to get, um, you know, get some fluids back in me and stuff. And it wasn't until I finally, you know, I actually cried in the doctor's chair that he was like, oh, well, do you want to go to the, the the hospital? And I was like, I guess so. And I had my boyfriend next to me, like, speaking for me. I'd type on my phone and <laughs> he'd, he'd be my voice. But then when I got to the hospital, I also understand with um, COVID, there has been spikes and there isn't a lot of room, but they kept me in the emergency room for a couple hours I think six hours and then didn't even end up giving me a drip she looked at my throat and was like oh you look all right and then just Mm. sent me home and I was like wow okay like it it was just a very eye-opening experience to uh, just 
yeah, I didn't really, I wanted to just say, like, I just want to drip, like, if there's any chance, because, again, I was feeling so unwell, and, yeah, so it's just very interesting, that whole topic, and so when I saw your videos on it, it, it empowered me a lot, it, it gave me this kind of feeling, like, okay, so this is a thing where I really aren't, I'm not alone, people do struggle sometimes to just talk to doctors and be like, hey, like, can we please talk about this, I have some concerns. Absolutely. You know, I think as women, you know, and also being younger as well, there's this idea in society that, you know, I'll be polite, you know, mm. don't, don't speak too, speak up too much, you know, be quiet, like don't, you know, don't argue, like don't make a scene, don't be too bossy. And it's, you know, speaking up can save your life and uh, it's your health and your body and it's so important to advocate. And at that moment in time, it's like, who cares what, you know, what they think about you, you know, it's important that you, if something is wrong and you're not being heard that, you know, you, you make sure that you are, you find somebody who will listen. Um, And that can be really difficult to do when you've grown up with this societal lesson that you shouldn't be doing that. I can kind of feel like it's going like, yeah, it feels like it's going against everything. And then, you know, I, I'm somebody too, who can be more passive. And, you know, I've learned that when it comes to health, like you, you know, you have to find ways to work through that. A hundred percent and really learn how to be in tune with your body and to realize like, Hey, yeah, maybe this is a time where I do want to speak up a bit more. I want to make sure I am heard. Um, and I really loved yeah. how you just said as well, speaking up can save your life because I did see with your story as well that it was your parents who saved you even from I think you said like the other side of of the state or the other side of the U.S. I'm not very good at my geography (laughs) Um, but it was them who you spoke out to your parents and that's what ultimately saved your life. Yeah, I'm really lucky because I was communicating with my best friends who are actually in Chicago, and I was also communicating with my parents, and I was giving um, my friends and my parents a play-by-play of what was happening, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so I don't know um, how, like, I guess the people who are listening to this, how much they'll know, but so I was sent home from the hospital that I went to the morning that I dropped my dog off, they told me that you know they did some basic tests but they told me that whatever it was was not an emergency I needed to see a primary care doctor and I wish that I would have kept fighting with it you know I asked them to biopsy the lump and they said no I wish I would have kept pushing uh, Mm. because when when I left the hospital I later learned that they gave me morphine without my consent they told me they were going to give me an antibiotic and I checked my records there's no record of an antibiotic only morphine and fluids and I slept yeah, I slept in my car for two hours before driving myself home. And then just within, I don't know, very shortly after being home, I went unconscious for over 24 hours. And if my parents, if I didn't have that support system who knew what was happening, nobody would have been looking for me. And I live alone. And, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Except that's absolutely insane like good on your parents like top parent award but yeah that's in that story alone there's a whole lot to uncover from being given morphine without your consent when being told you'll just be given an antibiotic to having that support system and how important that is I feel like like you were talking about before I I feel like in our society again especially as a young female 
I feel like when I get sick, it's not incredibly important. Like, I feel like I'm just asking for attention if I just message someone, just be like, hey, like, I'm feeling really unwell, you know, and then what do I expect them to say? But I think it's so important just putting these, um, this kind of support system in place where you can reach out and be like, and having, having that confidence to reach out and say, hey, I'm not feeling the best. Can you check in on me in a day mm. or check in on me in a couple hours? Because I just, I just feel sick. Even if it's a common cold, a flu, I feel like that's so important because you never know what can happen. Absolutely. And that's definitely a system I have in place now where if I'm not feeling well or I have to go, you know, get something done, I'll text my, you know, my parents or my friends and say, you know, ask them to check in on me and, you know, making sure that people in your support system also have the emergency contact information of other people in your system. So that's so true. I haven't heard from this person, you know, I heard they weren't doing well, like, you know, what's going on. I think that communication is really important, especially if you live alone. Um, So that way you can have somebody who is checking in on you. A hundred percent. I recently moved out of home to solely to be closer to university because in Australia, it was just a very long trek. (laughs) And, um, and I do have flatmates, but I've never known these people before so I don't imagine they're going to just come check on my door but after discovering your story and the way you had that support system even unintentionally um it really opened my eyes with wow like I don't need to be this uh completely individual independent woman now that I've moved out I can still text my parents I can still text my friends whoever it is that I want to put into place to say hey I'm not feeling the best can you check in on me um because I feel like with um it's just not really talked about with being able to just say hey I'm not okay because sometimes I feel like it can just be very played down um Mm. so that was something I really valued from you and your story Thank you. Yeah, I think that that feeling of, you know, when we're not feeling well, it gets played down. It just goes back into that societal message of, you know, um, don't make too much of a fuss. And, you know, when you get so used to other people downplaying how you're feeling, you know, you start doing it to yourself. And I think it's really important that, you know, you trust your body and you listen to your body and, Um, you know, you know how you feel and if something feels different, you know, don't be afraid to go to the doctor and, or tell a friend and, and get advice. And yeah, I think having that conversation is really important. Mm. Do you have any advice for someone who might be in that cycle of, like you said, having people downplay it to the point where you now downplay yourself? Like, how do you think someone could perhaps break that cycle and actually start to have those conversations start to listen to their body yeah I think one of the best things that somebody can do when it comes to medical issues is to track and write down your symptoms if you've been experiencing something Mm. it just helps that way when you bring it to somebody else you have a document a living document that you can reference and you can see the pattern and You know, if you're gaslighting yourself, you can be like, oh, no, this actually did happen on this day. I was feeling really bad. That is so true. Yeah, I feel like it's really, it can be easy. You know, let's say you weren't feeling good. Say you haven't been feeling good um, 
a certain time of the month like you know let's say you have your period and you've yeah. been having odd symptoms you're like you know the next one comes and you're like oh like maybe it wasn't that bad I think it's just good to have have a living document and it gives you something to keep you grounded during the appointment to look back to um, I have other tips as well I really loved what you shared about you know bringing your boyfriend to the appointment yeah having someone you know, someone who's on your side, like someone that you can trust, who knows what's going on, mm. it can just give you the strength to, to self-advocate. A hundred percent. And that is one of the things I know with my boyfriend, he's <laughs> he's the person when we go out to a restaurant, if they get my meal wrong, um, he will just, like, he he's all polite about it, but he will go and ask for it to be changed because it wasn't correct. Whereas I'm or at least the person I used to be and I'm working on is I would just sit with it and be like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. They, you know, maybe they're having a rough day and they just accidentally got my meal wrong and you know, it's not their fault, but he's like, no, you paid for this. And so Trent's, um, putting that into the situation at the doctors too. If I did catch myself downplaying my symptoms he would turn around and be like no but look look at what you're going through like you can sit here in front of the doctor and say you're okay but I've seen you at home you can't swallow water you can't eat food um so yeah having someone like that who is on your side like you said is is it's very important and it can be very just supportive make you feel like okay this is like I'm in a safe space I can say this yeah, and I think that's a great point. You know, even when it's not just related to the doctor, I think it can be hard to recognize the difference between being assertive and being angry. Yeah. You know, you can still be polite. You can still, um, you know, you don't have to be yelling or making a scene or, you know, freaking out. You can assert yourself without um, without feeling like you're being you know, mean or unkind or whatever that might be or whatever that might look for you. But if you are constantly being dismissed, you know, don't don't be afraid to ask to speak to somebody else, to see a different doctor, to, you know, to ask those questions that might seem scary or might seem like they are angry questions because they're not. They're just you're trying to get information about your body and, you know, you you deserve and, and should have access to the information. A hundred percent. And circling back to as well, um, that advice of noting down your symptoms, I think that is amazing. And it just rung a bell as well with, um, I have been going to therapy for a couple of years. And one of the first exercises I was given because I had really severe social anxiety was to track down what I was feeling. So if I was invited to hang out with someone my immediate thought would be, no, I'm going to be a burden. They'll hate me. I'll just be there and I'll just bring down the whole vibe. And I would have to actually record, okay, so this is my thought. What, what, um, like external factors support this, you know? So maybe I would say when I go there, it can get awkward. (laughs) I don't know. But then I'd also have to do the opposite. Okay. So what external factors actually oppose this? And then at the end, I would have to evaluate, be like, okay, so your feelings are valid, but they're not always fact. And it just, just having that record, um, to really think to yourself and, and having to exercise that, um, trust in yourself. So having those symptoms and writing them down and looking down again and being like, okay, so it is true. I have had these symptoms. 
that's okay. I can talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just dismissing it or letting other people dismiss it. I also think too, along with having that list of questions or not questions, having that list of symptoms, writing Mm. down a list of questions and goals. And this is something that I talked about in one of the videos that you might have seen is having having what you know you want to get out of the appointment in the back of your mind will help you to make sure that you're staying on the right path and that, you know, making sure that the doctor actually is answering the questions that you have instead of just brushing around them and, and then you're leaving feeling unclear or feeling anxious because you still don't really know what's wrong. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, like talking about this is resurfing so mem- many memories. Like I've I've had situations where I've walked out of doctors' appointments, and I think I've lately just created some anxiety around them because I get I get very nervous waiting, and but I'd leave, and especially this one moment, I I remember I left the doctor's room just bawling my eyes out because I was given no clarity. I was given no resolution, and I didn't meet any goals. I went there to figure something out. And when they just turned me away and said, there's, there's nothing here to work with, I felt so, I just, yeah, I didn't feel hurt. I felt so looked over when I had these medical symptoms. So I think having that goal in mind is so important. And I've never actually, yeah, besides you, I've never really heard that before in a medical kind of situation. So that's a really insightful advice. Thank you. And I think that's, you know, something that you just touched on is that it can be so frustrating and exhausting when you go to the doctor and you are dismissed or let's say this is a constant pattern because I've definitely, I've, I've struggled finding doctors. I've struggled with, you know, finding a doctor and then them canceling the appointment and then having to wait even, you know, months longer and, Mm. and then you go and you don't get what you want and so it can be really frustrating and exhausting but I think having the tools to to keep going and to advocate for yourself you know it can help uh, I guess lift the burden a little bit and feeling like you're just alone in it knowing that you have systems and processes in place to help you in that medical journey I think can be really empowering 100%. so it's definitely something I recommend yeah that's really really amazing I I love that I love everything about that (laughs) and thank you so I did also want to touch on your um TSS recovery so your experience we've talked a little bit about that I want to know yeah how did your recovery go and how did it affect you and like I said I think I saw you had to relearn how to walk and all of that like like you mentioned earlier on that it was pretty exhausting. So how, how yeah. was that for you? Uh, so it was a lot. Um, and I'm still, you know, working through it. But when I had toxic shock, um, you know, there were several different things that happened. Uh, because I was unconscious, because I was down for so long, I developed something called rhabdomyolysis, uh, which is when your muscle tissue basically dies. And oh, then wow. it goes into... It, it affects your kidneys and you know I had multi-organ failure um, I had to be on dialysis and um, I I couldn't like when I was actually in the hospital I I could not move without a nurse lifting me or you know just moving me over and when whenever they did I would just I was I would throw up um, it was really difficult and 
when I did have to like relearn how to walk because that was one of the things, one of the requirements for me to leave the hospital was that they wanted to see that I could at least get around. Um, you know, I could, I could use, I had a walker, um, but I needed to at least be somewhat mobile. And so I had to do physical therapy when I was in the hospital and, you know, they would put a belt around my waist and try and lift me. And it was just, it was very painful. Um, and then I was on dialysis for a couple of weeks after I got out of the hospital. And something that I haven't talked about as much in my videos is that about two weeks, I want to say, after I got out of the hospital of toxic shock, I caught COVID. And yeah. I, yeah, I was rehospitalized again. And it was just really, it was really difficult. Um, and when I got out of the hospital, my PT, PTSD was just at an all-time high. I was not functioning well. I... I was really struggling and I went to stay with my family for, um, I guess a couple months or so. And then when I got back to, you know, LA, cause I couldn't drive. I couldn't, it was, I would get nauseous being on my computer Any like doing small tasks, like would make me feel sick. Um, so wow. I definitely needed that support for my family. But once I was stable enough to come back to LA, um, I decided to stop drinking alcohol. Not that I'd been drinking while I was sick, but, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, but uh, before I was sick. Um, so I stopped drinking alcohol for six months. I, I wasn't dating. I was just, uh, I was like, I'm going to go to therapy twice a week and I need to work on getting better because I was like scared to leave my house. Like I was not functioning. And I am happy to say that I've come really far from that and I'm um, taking those six months just really just really helped me and I still am struggling with the PTSD but I feel like I have more tools to to reel it in um and yeah it's an ongoing process and I do have some long-term effects um some heart issues from having had a heart attack but uh it's just things that I need to monitor and yeah it's it's a day-by-day thing a hundred percent well congratulations for getting through that and your body getting through that but that is really amazing that you did decide like this is a time to really focus on me like I need to go to therapy two times a week I want to cut out this alcohol I want to you know not go around and date at the moment because this is a time that I really need myself and that's okay to be able to do that and to say that and for you to do that it it did must be a nice thing to look back on and just be like hey who got through that me I got through that I got through it with myself you know <laughs> so that's yeah yeah and it's you know I love that because it, even now it can be hard to forget and I or it's not hard to forget it can be easy to forget yeah, yeah. Um, it can be easy to forget and you know I'll be talking to my friends about issues that I'm dealing with and they'll they'll point it out and be like you know look where you were then and look where you are now it's like oh yeah perspective you know a hundred percent because it, it, you can forget it is so true yeah absolutely Yeah, and that PTSD, as I know, like, with mental health issues, like, it is an ongoing thing, and who knows how ongoing it will be, but it is good that you are ongoing with it, you are continuing at it, hacking away at it, and that's pretty much all you can do, and it's the best thing for yourself to do. 
Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I'm always advocating that, you know, don't be afraid to ask for what you need. And mm-hmm. um, seeing a therapist for me has been life changing. And, you know, for people who are new to therapy, it might take a couple of different therapists to find the right style that works for you um, and the right methods. But it's been really helpful. And it's definitely been one of the um, one of the best things for my recovery. Mm, that's amazing. Did you also, because you mentioned with your um, symptoms and when you were in the hospital, you had a heart attack and multi-organ failure. Can you list off for the people who will be listening? Because I remember hearing all of the organ failures you had and I was like, wow, this lady here is still standing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am very lucky that it was all acute, meaning that I have recovered. I'm yeah. very lucky because there was a risk that my kidneys weren't going to recover. I wasn't creating urine. I was on dialysis three times a week. Um, but I had kidney failure, liver failure. My lungs were collapsed. I had a heart attack. I had respiratory failure. Um, I had some other things that aren't failures, but... Uh, just uh, not too great, such as derapamilosis and something else called toxic encephalopathy, which oh just means uh, my brain function was altered. So that's, you know, that kind of played a part in my being delirious, but it's a laundry list of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember. Kind of, it was like a domino effect. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Like, I didn't even know it was humanly possible to have your body go through all of that and you not only went through it but you survived that you're a whole toxic shock syndrome survivor like that's amazing wow that's insane thank you yeah and it's really I am very lucky because with toxic shock you know it can be fatal within 48 hours it is a very treatable illness but you need to catch it early and Mm. there have been people in my comment sections who you know have lost limbs to it and um people who were in comas and I am I'm very lucky that I you know I don't want to say I'm I'm lucky I just had multi-organ kind of I'm lucky that it didn't progress to something more yeah yeah wow that's yeah that's insane and again like I didn't know this could happen and could be like you said a domino effect of toxic shock syndrome the, the fact that in my yeah. head and in my upbringing it was just <laughs> the beginning of the story was a tampon but it can lead to this like it's, yeah. it's insane and because we have talked about we did mention before earlier that it doesn't only just come from tampons and it isn't just confined by gender. Can you actually mention how toxic shock syndrome actually comes about? Yeah, so toxic shock syndrome is caused by bacteria, most commonly staph, strep, or C. cerdelii. Uh, So anybody can get it, and there are various risk factors such as cuts, uh, wounds, burns. It can happen as a secondary infection to illnesses like uh, chicken pox or pneumonia. Um, Being post-surgery is a risk, and even um, childbirth or abortion. It's really any way that the bacteria can get into the bloodstream. Mm. So anybody of any, you know, sex or age can get toxic shock syndrome. About, from my understanding and research, about 50% of cases are uh, menstrual related. Mm. Um, But, you know, there's still a large amount that aren't related to menstruation. 100%. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it, it just really opens my mind on how there is such a lack of education around TSS and 
that yeah a lot of people don't know and you've probably also seen from speaking up with it how little people do know (laughs) about it yeah absolutely definitely and even um you know something that I've talked a little bit about is even when I was in the hospital I had not necessarily any of the doctors in my on my actual team when I was in the hospital but just you know some of the medical staff that was in the hospital they didn't know what toxic shock was when they were talking to me or they referred to it as a tampon illness and these are medical professionals and so you know on my pages I really try to create an environment that is safe to ask questions because I don't want anybody feeling embarrassed or ashamed that they didn't know this because it's not really talked about and you know, that's why I'm trying to raise awareness. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, it is so true that you mentioned with having that embarrassment because even I honestly was a bit embarrassed. I was like, oh, imagine reaching out to a toxic shock syndrome survivor and saying, hey, I didn't actually know about this. But it, it is a thing where we do just have to admit that there is a lack of education. And that is amazing that you're creating that safe space and you're saying, it's okay that you don't know about it. Let me help you learn about it if you don't mind to lend me your ear, you know. Um, so that's, yeah. it, it is beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. That's okay. Well, I wanted to also, if you have the time, I wanted to quickly, briefly go over your music because you are also a musician and your music is amazing. I've been listening to it like nonstop. Like I really, really like your vibe (laughs) in your songs. It's amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) I wanted to ask, like, let me know what, what is your mission as a music artist? As a female musician, I have a song I wrote about um, being sexually assaulted. It's called Body, and I have had um, I have had somebody reach out to me saying that that song really helped them to connect themselves with what they were going through, mm-hmm. and that's definitely been one of the biggest impacts I I feel that I've had through my music. That just really meant a lot to me because. Um, I know that when you're going through that, it can be a very isolated experience. A hundred percent. And then also too, I'm very, yeah, I'm very lucky that the producers that I worked with have always been, you know, very feminist and supportive. Um, but there's definitely been issues that I've had in trying to, um, trying to be in the, in that space and in this industry as a female and it can be difficult um, my advice is always just to keep going and, and try not to get lost in um, in those negative experiences that you might have uh, because it can be tough but for me when I focus on why I create music and what it means to me that helps me to keep going mm-hmm. that's amazing and that you are able to impact people like that I remember the first time I listened to body as well and I, 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 like, my my heart felt something. I was like, ooh. And then I did a bit of research on the song, and I was like, this is really impactful. And having that impact on someone, that must have meant a lot to you. Because not only is it showing that someone doesn't feel alone, I guess in a way it turns back to you that you're not alone either. And this song was able to yeah. show you that. Exactly. It was a really tough song to make, um, but I'm really glad that I, I, I did, you know, and I released it and I was scared and I kind of, I had been more nervous to talk about it, um, but I do think it's important and um, even through just sharing the toxic shock uh, information, I, finding that sense of community, I'm realizing that um, 
with music, you know, it's kind of, it's the same thing. It's just a way, it's all a way to connect for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, one last question. Do you have a song on repeat? Haha, <laughs> I love your song called Repeat, by the way. <laughs> Do you have a song on repeat at the moment that you would recommend to me? Mm, this is tough. <laughs> um, I would say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a couple options. There's a song called Slipping Away by Leisure that I love. Okay. And there's another song called Foreign Things by Amber Mark. Uh, it's so good. Um, both those songs I've been obsessed with. <laughs> okay, I haven't heard either of those, so I'm excited to go and listen to those. That's amazing. Awesome. Yay. Well, I'm, I want to hear what you think. <laughs> I will. I will let you know. Don't you fret. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to those. <laughs> oh, well, it's been lovely awesome. talking to you. I really, really appreciate everything you've said. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to just end off the note with any any inspirational quotes or any little f- bits of knowledge that I didn't shed light on today I do have um I do have one I don't, I don't know if I would say it's advice but maybe knowledge or uh, just something that helps me in staying grounded that mm. I'd love to share um it's something that I found in an article I think the woman who wrote it um I think her name was Angela uh, Gia Kim and I don't know what the article was, but it's about intuition. And she created this uh, this list called the Intuition Tree. And it's the first pinned note on my phone. And I've had this for, I don't know how long I've had this note pinned, but quite a while. Yeah. And I'd love to go through some of those questions that you can ask yourself when you're when you're feeling stuck or you're needing, um, you're not sure if you can trust yourself or not, it gives me at least something to come back to and, and to connect to my body. A hundred percent. I would love to hear because that's, that's something I'm all about. So yes, please enlighten me. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, this is again, I, uh, I think her name is Angela Gia Kim, but so here's the list of questions. Do I feel good around this person or choice? Does this person or situation give me or take my energy? Do I feel empowered or disempowered? Am I going toward an adventure or running away from fear? Am I listening to my lessons learned from the past? Would I make the same choice if I had a million dollars in my pocket right now? Do I feel respected and valued? And lastly, am I trying to control the situation or am I leaving room for expansion? Wow. Those are really good questions. like, I, it helps me so much when I'm feeling lost. Yeah, like, and I the one that spoke out to me the most was, um, if like right now, are you running away from things or are you going on a new adventure? I think that's something I struggle with a lot. I'm I'm one of those people who can tap out and run away from things easily if I just want to. <laughs> But I need to really ask myself, okay, is this an adventure or is this running away? Do we need to face something and deal with something else? Absolutely. Every time I run through that list, even if maybe one of the questions doesn't quite apply, I always find one that does and it really helps me to... um, come back to myself and to get clarity that I'm missing yeah that's beautiful I love that so much thank you for sharing that with me yeah of course no well again thank you so much for coming on today I really really appreciate it and best of luck with your new album that you're working on I 
am super excited for when that eventually will be released. Thank you. <laughs> you must be super excited Thank working so on much. it. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Ah, okay. Well, I <laughs> hope to keep in contact with you and speak to you later. Yes, please. I love that because I need to hear what you think of this song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will let you know.